Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 405, and today we'll be talking about Crokin Punishment and Trip to the Archives from Amphibia. I'm GC13. And I'm David. You know, funny thing is, Anne had to worry about cicadas grazing on her hair, and uh, if you're really lucky, you might hear cicadas from outside my window. <laughs> wow, what a what a connection. Uh, wow, is it really a cicada season? Out there, that's that's terrible. I'm so sorry. I hate cicadas. Eh, we don't have the super broods like you might get on Craig of the Creek or something, but yeah, we have to listen to them. I had just like dark black clouds of cicadas in my in my te- mid teenage years. It was horrible, and I worked with lawn equipment, and they like are attracted to lawn equipment. So I really connected with with Anne having. What essentially were the same size cicadas in my memory, uh, <laughs> trying to latch on to me. But in my case, I think they wanted, they thought they, I was a mating partner and they would latch on to, you know, your pants and like you could flick them. And like even with a forceful flick, they're huge. They, they wouldn't move. And that was really the horrifying part about them. So yeah, much, much yeah. smaller quantities of cicadas here and thankfully much smaller than the ones that were trying to devour Anne's hair. You see, Anne? This is why you take the foliage out of your hair. <laughs> the, I mean, yeah. just ignore the fact that her hair was the same shape as the bush. It's because there were leaves in her hair that was the real problem. I Yeah, I do love how it menacingly was chewing the bush and staring directly at her. I love how we always start with the second episode in a pair uh, first. What, what, I'm already forgetting. Recency oh, yes. bias. No, hold on. We have to start with the the cop episode because <laughs> we oh have my to start God. with their mustaches okay first of all uh, well, there's so many first of alls i don't even know what i want to say first did you think that Anne kind of looked like the lorax for a lot of this episode um the lorax you know i was not <laughs> thinking the lorax but now that you mention it uh-huh. i kind of can't unsee it it's really hard for me to unsee it there's something about because her face geometry is you know simple once you add a mustache there, like, it loses the Anne-ness to me, and I start seeing the Lorax <laughs> with the Lorax's mustache. I don't know why. Um, Okay, so that's the first first of all. The second first of all, the cop show that Anne showed Sprig. <laughs> um, what Bring was that? Dead or alive! The knife victim is pantsless? That's a bold start, Disney. Uh, <laughs> second of all... The, the, yeah, the, How did you get my thing. phone number? <laughs> I looked up guilty in the phone book. Oh my god, yes. I wish there was a cop show that freaking uh, cheesy and hilarious in our world. Yeah, you're just leaning into it like way hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Sprig turning into a, a, a bad cop was very entertaining. I mean, he only, by the second stop that he went to being a bad cop, he's already, like, slapping, you know, the baker until he gives him what he apparently has a list of customers. Like, Sprig asks for, you know, yep. what customers have seen you. He, like, has this little folded up scroll. Is 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 this, like, a commentary on society that we can't tell? Okay, is he uh, wanting to be a bad cop or is he training to be one of those toads? I, I guess they're basically the same thing. Or is he training to be a mafioso? I can't really tell the difference between the three right now. <laughs> I know. They really did, uh, you know, a great uh, cop episode. But, you know, they just balanced the line perfectly on, uh, you know, social commentary without being overbearing. And, like, 
like the cop show parody, it's perfect, right? The cops are like ridiculous. They're, you know, but they are executing the law, right? They're not like, you know, doing anything crazy illegal in the, uh, in the actual show that Anne shows. Whereas, uh, you know, Sprig definitely goes into, uh, ridiculous territory, but it, it's perfect because it only takes one line of setup to make a joke really funny the rest of the episode, right? Like Sprig's telling Anne, you know, I'm not really a, an angry kid. <laughs> and then watching him blossom into this, you know, furious little frog. They stole your girl, Sprig! They stole your girl! <laughs> oh, and he's so enamored with her. Oh, it's so cute. I mean, I'm right there with Anne at the end, watching Sprig oh, completely yeah. fall apart over Ivy. It's so sweet. Shipper on deck, baby. I mean, but she made she made no secret of that uh, the last time Ivy was around, so... Yeah. Just like with Hop Hop's romance, it's nice that they put Ivy there, and that does not take precedence in the plot, like, at all, and they don't feel like any need, right? It's it's exactly like what a childhood uh, sort of crush would be like, where you just see them sometimes, like, you don't have a car, you can't just get wherever you want, you know? <laughs> like, the plot is dictated around, like, whatever Anne's doing, so Sprig is not just, you know, visiting Ivy all the time, and that's 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 healthy for uh this <laughs> and just for like the show right so that we can just do ridiculous episode plots like this instead of just focusing on right like sprig liking ivy is just the instigation of something completely unrelated to ivy and i and i like that yeah in this case a crazy cop show parody where sprig alienates himself from everyone in town i, I guess just in time for uh right after Anne got everyone in town to warm up to her I know, right? Wasn't that sad seeing the door slammed on on them again? Even though Anne really yeah. was trying to be a nice cop the whole time. Unfortunate. This is this is why you should have just assigned him good cop. And <laughs> yeah, what was you thinking? <laughs> I mean, y- you would figure that Anne would be the bad cop and he well, would be the good. Maybe she assigned him bad cop because uh, he should feel upset that the gift he was going to give to his girlfriend had been stolen. I mean, she also didn't propose to switch roles back either after it yeah. started turning bad. But maybe she didn't have a choice. You, you know that episode of OKKO OK where he first meets Dendi and Dendi's writing that, you know, KO doesn't really have great problem solving skills. He'll just, <laughs> you know, keep exhausting a single alternative rather than looking for others. And maybe maybe Anne's got that going on. Well, I I think Sprig was just an unstoppable force at some point until he, you know, came came crashing down when he was in came face to face with Gunther. Yeah, what a strange ending. I can see why uh why Gunther and of course you know shades of chocolate with nuts again again with that episode on Amphibia. I know, they gotta keep referencing Spongebob like somebody else is mad about chocolate. But the same Spongebob episode? Why is it always chocolate with nuts? Yeah, well, the the cartoon references are gonna get a lot more explicit in season two, so get get ready for that. Okay, looking forward to that. I just recently watched the, this entire episode is a spoof of of another cartoon. So that's a very exciting one to look forward to. But yeah, it, it wears its influences on its sleeve. But yeah, I can kind of see why Gunther chooses to live like away from everybody if even so much as receiving for free a donut he doesn't like the flavor of is enough to trigger him. Or maybe it was just because he was 
like already worked up that it was so easy. Maybe yeah. that's why, but still, probably best to be away from it all. It's hilarious that Sprig just breaks into this dude's house and just starts throwing things down. Which the precedent of that, like watching Sprig, you know, they didn't even play the rule of three with comedy. Like they went to five different places. And Sprig kept knocking over progressively more hilarious things, including Little Toadie and then just like a mushroom tree in the middle of the woods with no one there. Just uh, let it happen, Toadie. <laughs> yeah, I like that Mayor Testel really doesn't mind people coming in and uh, asking him questions as long as it involves Toadie getting hurt or yeah, As whatever. long as they're assaulting his henchmen. <laughs> you know, it's fun that way. Uh, Toadie does have a foot on him, though. That is That is... <laughs> he kicks you should them. sign up for the NFL. He kicks them into the middle of town like two people. That's such a cartoon kick <laughs> to to boot multiple characters at the same time. What was the name of that game Devolver Digital just showed off? Oh, I can hear those cicadas. Okay, Angerfoot. <laughs> it's a game about running around shooting bad guys and kicking like it's uh. Oh, what was the game? Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, was it? I do like that it's exactly the same as any other type of melee combat, but it is way funnier when it's a foot. A very elastically animated foot. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, maybe Toadie's just getting stoked for that game. Big Devolver Digital fan. But we did we did have a second episode, the one I tried to start <laughs> us off with, because I always like starting us off with the uh, most recent episode I've watched. Yeah, Trip to the Archives is fascinating because it gives us nothing that you would expect from a visit to the library. Like, there is no knowledge learned from the books as far as, like, the lore of Amphibia or actually anything even really helpful to the yeah. trip. Yeah, Sprague just learns to not be, like, an impulsive idiot. <laughs> so. We don't even get a prequel trilogy meme. They were they were ripe for a perhaps the archives are incomplete. But I can see why you wouldn't want to reference Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I like. <laughs> I've seen things. It's a it's a funny episode that they are reminding you of this ongoing mission that Anne has, but then like not a lot happens. Like they they kind of are just freaking out and they pile up a bunch of books and they try to escape and Anne almost gets eaten and then Sprig crawls through long plumbing tubes. Yeah, that was. <laughs> That was, I, I don't even understand, like, it's purely <laughs> nonsensical plumbing just so we can have them come up in someone else's bathroom somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, purely for the gag. But all toilets are connected. I've learned that in cartoons. All toilets are connected. Is this is this anything like the Springfield effect? I just, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, he uh, he runs from town like... In the in the short where Lapis thinks that Steven is trapped in the laptop and it takes him like 20 seconds to get there. And that's how long it takes Sprig <laughs> to to get from yeah, Wartwood to Anne. He must have been really, really hopped up on adrenaline. And I do mean hopped up because he's a frog uh -huh. to run that fast. Hilarious. No finger guns for that one this week. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I, but uh, my favorite gag of that episode was probably the weapons a through x yes very classy i i liked how subtle some of the jokes were like book titles are are always great but Anne's book you only <laughs> see really briefly that's just titled like plants that eat you and i i like the simplicity of that 
And snakes that eat you. Yeah, and then when she hands that book to Sprague, it's like it's rewarding only if you had seen the first book. <laughs> no, I liked the uh, the what Polly was reading, like 50, what was it, daggers and places to put them or 50 places to put daggers. <laughs> Bottom line is, girl knows what she's about. Is this a, to the side, is this the most complex machinery we've seen in Amphibia yet? This, this strange door mm-hmm. mechanism? Probably. Like, that's some uh, straight up... I can't remember what it's called, but it's an ancient Greek artifact where it, like, kept track of the movement of the stars or something. And it's oh, like, right. don't see that every day around here. Yeah, I mean, I think this episode also starts that journey of, like, putting forth just little technology pieces. Um, so they're, you know, minor lore building. Why would of course- you break up the bathroom, though? Do you think that nobody who comes to the archive might need to go? Yeah, it's bricked up, yet the plumbing still, you know... It's not like you can just walk out, uh, you know, go up the stairs and go to the Starbucks next door or anything. Yeah, but, you know, you gotta keep the plumbing working, I guess, so might as well just brick it up. Yeah, well, apparently the plumbing was good enough to get him into the restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, that still makes me think that it just, like, empties out into the archives. Like, yeah, you're right, the plumbing is too confusing. Yeah, that's that's the only way that that would realistically work, unless there's something pumping the water up from the bathroom there. Yeah. But, um, like I said, Hop-Hop has seen things now. <laughs> oh, speaking of seeing things, they did they did a gag. I dislike it when cartoons do this gag. Where it's like, oh, yeah, and how are those crazy, you know, how's just jumping in working for you? And then they flash back to adventures that we have not had. Oh, yeah, you don't like seeing adventures that you could have had a whole episode about? Eh, I, I, I don't know. On one, on one hand, it is funny, especially the skunk. It's like, hey, let's get in these bits that are funny <laughs> in a flashback, but not good enough to make a whole episode around. Yeah, that skunk gag was amazing because it's so, like, wildly, like, inappropriate. They're underneath this just yeah. giant skunk butt. <laughs> and then yeah. Polly's traumatized. Like, I love, I love that edge that they keep. Like, they do keep it edgy. In a childish way, but still edgy. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just that, you know, their lives are already eventful enough as it is. And you're going to imply that, oh man, you don't even see half of what we get up to. And it's like, eh, they do a lot already. <laughs> I guess that's why I dislike it. I mean, I, I, I sometimes would appreciate it more. Like, remember all those times we were Purple Puma and tiger millionaire remember all those times (laughs) like i would have loved to have seen that in steven universe like it's way better for them to at least show you some quick flashbacks instead of being like you know at least now we're really hyper aware that they are constantly on harrowing journeys right in amphibia it's not like when we don't see them they're just chilling out right like this is a good reminder of that it just reinforces you know the theme right versus Oh, yeah, we were doing wrestling the whole time. And you're like, I've been watching Steven Universe. You you guys look pretty busy. Like, I don't think that you were wrestling at any point here. But whatever. But yeah, I'll I'll allow them to do the, the fudged flashbacks because it is a funny bit. And, you know, Sprig did sprint from Wartwood all the way out to the archive and all of 10, maybe 20 seconds if I'm being generous. So yeah, I'm just going to say it's a cartoon at this point. Cartoon's gonna tune. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, like uh, Hop Hop setting the books on fire with his uh, sunglasses. Like, that's <laughs> not how 
That's magnifying not... glasses work. It's just not how it works. Isn't that how, uh, I don't know, the ant bully did it or whatever? I mean, magnifying glasses start fires instantly, right? Well, you're focusing all of the all all of the sun's energy onto one spot. So unless the the sun of amphibia is like really really hot, and I, th- I think your <laughs> would feel it if it was that hot. I'm just saying the physics might not work out if we were to run some numbers. If we were to do the monster math. <laughs> Unrelated, but you you brought up cicadas at the beginning. I think I actually have a frog outside my window right now that is uh, has some pretty loud thoughts oh. about the show. So I don't know. Yes, if I hear him. Yeah, I I think <laughs> we left. Want to a... get another mic for him? We can get him on the podcast. Yeah, we left a, a bucket of water out in the garden, and I noticed some tadpoles in it. So I think this frog has actually made a home in a, in some water that we didn't mean to leave in the garden. So that's awesome. Well, I like as frogs. Long as they're not actually mosquito larvae. Uh, they swam around like tadpoles. Is is that what? Yeah, I'm. It's just when I was a, a kid, where there was someone who didn't, someone too stupid to know the difference between tadpoles and mosquito larvae. And <laughs> I hope I don't yeah. fall under that category. I was like, although I was at first, like, wait, how are there fish in our water? <laughs> like, did, do fish come from the sky from the fish stork? No, but they're they're definitely tadpoles, <laughs> and that's definitely a frog. So it's all good. All right. <laughs> now that's a Craig of the Creek episode too. <laughs> so yeah, great apps. We love frogs and cicadas. The real world is yeah. is close to this world. That's a yeah. that's a thought for the future. Fair enough. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Croak and Punishment and Trip to the Archives. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13 and I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. I'm sorry that my cicadas were too quiet to come through on the microphone, but at least we have David's frog friend.